If you have PMDD, what's the number one supplement you should definitely be taking? If you have PMDD, where do you start looking for a solution, looking for relief? And if you suffer from period pain, what are some really easy ways that can give you relief from your period pain? Those are some of the questions that Lenise Brothers is going to have all the answers to, and she's going to be able to answer so many more questions because Lenise is not just our super PMDD healing summit expert. Lenise has also written a book called You Can Have Better Periods. Ah, oh, finally, we're getting all the answers right now. Mm. Welcome to the second annual PMDD Healing Summit, where the world's top experts share hope, guidance, and next steps for your personal PMDD healing journey. And today I am super like bubbly because Lenise Brothers is here. And I spoke to Lenise last year and she said yes to coming back this year. And this year she's coming back with, she's coming back with all the guns blazing because Lenise has written a book and we're going to get all into that. Let me introduce you to her first, just in case you don't know who Lenise is. Lenise Brothers is a yoga teacher and registered nutritionist specializing in women's health, hormones, and the menstrual cycle. She is also the host of the Period Story podcast, which aims to break taboos around menstrual health and hormones. Lenise has helped hundreds of menstruators to improve their menstrual and hormone health through her private practice and in group coaching programs and through her Instagram page, Eat, Love, Move. And she also does public talks and workshops. And as I mentioned, her first book, You Can Have a Better Period, was just released in March. Lenise, welcome to the summit. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be back. I'm so excited to have you back and to talk about your book and to talk just about all things, how we can have better periods. So just in case somebody is new here and has watched last year's talk with you, could you just share a little bit about your journey and why you're so passionate about period health? Yeah. So I'm really passionate because it kind of stems from the ex my personal experience, but also the experience of my mother and my grandmother. So when I was growing up, I saw my mother having these really terrible periods, really long. So like month, at least a month at a time, she would be having really heavy periods. They were always really painful. And so it was so I would see her suffering and I would always think, well, I guess this is just normal. This is just what periods are supposed to be like. Yeah. And then on the other side of the coin, I saw my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, having just really a terrible period, a terrible time going on the other side of menopause. So she had finished menstruating. She was having these horrible hot flashes. So my mom is from the Bahamas. So every time we would go down there, she would just, you know, my grandmother would have this fan. She would be really like sweating. And it's hot. If you're there in the summer, it's humid. You're already very hot. So I thought, well, I guess this is what it's supposed to be like. And then when I got my own period, it was very painful. Mm -hmm. It was very heavy. 
And I thought, well, I guess this is just the way that it's supposed to be. And when I looked around at my friends and I saw that they weren't having this a similar experience, they, their periods were light. Some of them had pain, but they never seemed on, nearly on the same level as me. I just thought, well, what is going on? Like, could, you know, is there another way? Mm-hmm. And finally, I convinced my mom to take me to see the doctor because you, the thing you have to know about my family is that it, they're very, they don't really trust doctors because of various experiences. Yeah. And so I finally convinced her to take me to see the doctor. The doctor told me this was just a normal part of having a period gave me some really strong painkillers, gave me naproxen, if you're familiar with that. And, you know, 15, 15, I think it was 15, 14, 15, I given these really strong painkillers and then also given a prescription for the pill. It was just kind of like, I didn't, I thought, okay, but I don't really, deep down, I didn't feel satisfied. Mm -hmm. And, over the years, I experimented with lots of different things, but I always relied on painkillers to get me through my periods, really strong painkillers. Um, and I ended up having just a host of issues with my gut. And what I know now is that I probably have mild endometriosis. I never was formally diagnosed, but when I look at you know, all of the symptoms, I kind of tick, 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 tick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just really disappointing thinking back after everything I went through and knowing this is what I was experiencing. Fortunately, I have the tools to deal with everything now. My periods aren't nearly as bad as they used to be. Um, but this kind of was a seed for my passion mm-hmm. and I worked in advertising for a long time and then I decided to retrain. I retrained as a nutritionist and then they always said, we know you have to focus on something, find something you're fairly passionate about. And then for me, it's women's health, menstruation, Mm. periods, the menstrual cycle. So that's where my journey, that's my journey and where my passion comes from. Beautiful. That makes so sense. A lot of times, right, where where our wound is and our healing has happened, that's kind of where where we want to go. Like, I want to know more about this. So let's thank you. And let's I have your book right here. Y'all, this is my, my little PMDD nook right here. This book, this right here, as you can tell, I, it's just full of full of goodies. It's underlined everywhere. And you start off. I mean, you start off here right here on the first chapter. <laughs> with a question are periods supposed to be painful so let me ask you are periods supposed to be painful no the answer is no they're not supposed to be painful if we think about pain in any other context we treat it very seriously. Mm-hmm. So I think I used the example of dental pain in the yeah. book. Yeah. You don't mess around with dental pain. You go get to the dentist, you get that sorted out. But with period pain, which we know for some, some people, they report it to be on the same level as 
what a heart attack can feel like. Wow. We get told, oh, that's just normal. That's the way it's supposed to be. Mm. And it just is, it doesn't make sense to me the way that we've normalized this pain. There are a number of reasons behind why some per- periods can be so painful, yeah. but we should never normalize this experience of pain with periods. Yes. Ah, I, that, why we're saying that, you know, that we have normalized period pain, it brought up a little bit in me. Is this part of like the patriarchy, you know, kind of like poo-pooing women, like, oh yeah, 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 your pain, just deal with it kind of, hello. So yeah, that yeah. just came to me. I want to, I'm going to dive more into that. So let's talk a little bit about period pain. Cause I know so many in our community have just like period pain that stops them in their tracks. What are some things that can lead to painful periods? So you have, you can kind of, you can split period pain into two different categories. Uh-huh. You have um, primary dysmenorrhea, which is period pain. And it's the pain that usually is the result of inflammation. Mm-hmm. So inflammation is when you're in your immune system is chronically acting as though there's some sort of threat and that causes an increase of these hormone-like compounds called prostaglandins. We produce more of a certain type and that can increase pain because prostaglandins are important. We need them to, you know, do things like control our blood vessels, the contractions, the contractions in our bowels. When we have, we have a bowel movement, even the contractions of our uterus when we're menstruating, but it's when we have too many of a certain type, the contractions, they're kind of, they just, they're too strong. And that's where this period pain comes in. And then you have the second type or the category of period pain, which is period pain due to another condition. So it could be anything from endometriosis to adenomyosis to cysts, ovarian cysts, polyps, um, pelvic inflammatory disease. Um, And that's where period pain is not the primary, it is a symptom, but it's, mm-hmm. there is a host of other symptoms uh, that are part of another condition. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. And what I always love and what I loved about our talk last year too, you get, you really know your thing. We're getting really nerdy with this. And I really, I really love that because I, I love that you said, you know, that inflammation is our immune system thinking that there's a constant threat. That's the first time that I've like heard it said in that way. And it makes total sense. That's why we have so much discomfort with inflammation. So if somebody has period pain, what are some things that they could do to relieve their period pain? Yeah. So I, I like to think of everyone having a kind of period pain toolkit that you can dive into. And that toolkit would be made up of a number of different things so there'll be food in there so it's it's your comfort foods that you know because when we're in pain we also being comforted is really supportive for our nervous system and when we tend to our nervous system that's in that can reduce pain so foods like your comfort foods um 
but also foods like ginger. Ginger is a really, really powerful uh, source of pain relief. Um, you've got things like um, red um, raspberry leaf tea. Really, really powerful for helping to kind of ease the contractions that can cause the pain. Um, you've also got just kind of calming foods like you know we say you know people tend to have chocolate when they have their period but we have dark chocolate and it has a lot of magnesium in it and magnesium is a calming relaxing mineral Um, and so anything with magnesium will help relieve period pain because it helps to relieve those contractions i mentioned earlier it can help ease those so dark leafy greens you know if that's something that you want to eat when you have your period it can be nice to kind of make kale chips or it can be just do a, a roast um broccoli or something like that add that uh, on the side of whatever you're eating even just like the dark chocolate i mentioned earlier pumpkin seeds um and then you have things like cbd uh-huh. so cbd if it's legal in wherever you're watching this from, um, CD, there's a lot of research that shows how CBD is a really powerful anti-inflammatory. Um, I know you're in, you're in California, so you know cannabis with THC is another option. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it depends on where you're watching from, where what's legal and what's not. Uh, but that is another tool magnesium as a supplement that's something i um i rely on uh, myself um because magnesium is kind of we whenever we're stressed and let's face it most of us are under a huge amount of stress we just run through it so most of us are already depleted in magnesium so that top up that we can get through food and supplements can be a really really powerful tool in your period pain um toolkit awesome that's awesome well let me just side tangent really quickly because you're bringing up like magnesium as a supplement are there any and because i know people are always interested in supplements are there any supplements that you also recommend or do you think we should support our periods not just period pain but our entire menstrual cycle through food first and then supplement later or are there some supplements that you do just say just just take them or just try them out um i magnesium is one that i would typically um recommend really often but i think about it like a hierarchy um well for before the hierarchy i think about it what can you do to help with like short short term mm-hmm. i think in the book i call it instant ish yes relief yeah and then that's where the cbd comes in the hot water bottles the yeah. tens um the tens kit um some of the foods that i've mentioned mm-hmm. um even like hot baths Um, But then you kind of take a more long-term approach. And in that long-term approach, you're looking at sleep as a foundation. Uh Mm -hmm. And then you're looking at food. And then you're looking at movement. So how are you moving your body? When we move our body, we release these endorphins, which are 
are chemicals that can be quite, they're kind of a, a lot similar to serotonin where they can just make us feel really good. Yes. Um, then you've got the community mm-hmm. and the connection side of it. Yeah. And then for me, the cherry on the top of the cake is the supplements. I see. So a lot of, and I get it, you know, you, if you're having a really bad period, you want something that will help you quite quickly. And that's why you see so many people with painful periods really relying on painkillers. Yeah. Um, but the fact is, is that it can be really damaging to the lining of the stomach. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some people end up with ulcers because they've taken too many. Mm. So you kind of want to be more well-rounded in what you're using to manage superior pain. That makes total sense. And you, you have this chapter in here about, or this part of a chapter, how our gut health supports our estrogen balance. And you were just talking about, you know, the, that painkillers mess up our stomach lining. So our gut, I know you like this, the gut, the gut, why is the gut so important for our like hormonal health? What's going on in the gut? Yeah. So it's interesting. When I was studying, they said, when you're working with clients, if you're ever in doubt, start with the gut Mm -hmm. because the gut. So the gut is where the area that we typically call our tummies and it's our small and our large intestines. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really important because we have, we hold about 70% of our immune cells in our gut. So yeah, if you have any sort of issue with your digestion, it can have a knock on effect on your immune health. Mm -hmm. Also, about we have these special um, kind of family of bacteria in our gut, and so bacteria is a really good thing. We want we want all of these different types of bacteria, and so in our gut we have this special family of bacteria called the estrobilome, and this helps us break down the estrogens that our body has already used, and when we have issues in with our gut health, so if we're constipated or we have diarrhea and sometimes people with PMDD, they can have compromised gut health, compromised digestion. Um, That can affect the balance between estrogen and progesterone in the body. And that imbalance can exacerbate some of the symptoms that people with PMDD experience. So really looking at what's going on in the gut is really important because also we produce between kind of the stats vary between 60 to 85% of our serotonin, which is a hormone, but it's also a neurotransmitter mm-hmm. in our gut. So some of it is produced in the gut. Some of it is produced in the brain yeah. and, um, that is also really important when it comes to PMDD. So this is why I spend so much time talking about um, gut health in in um, the kind of that chapter where I talk about emotional issues. Yes, because the gut is just so so powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love also that you have a whole a whole part of that chapter that's called emotional problems 
um, they have a whole part for PMDD and it's the first part in there. So thank you. I was like, yeah, here we are. Yep. Right here. Um, so thanks about that. Um, so what can we do? What can we eat? What are some of the basics that we should cover to begin feeling kind of relief from our symptoms or to begin cultivating period health? Uh, in general or for people with PMDD? Let's talk about our PMDD people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I would say the we would, going back to what we were saying about estrogen and progesterone. Yeah. That would be the first area that I would want to look at because, mm-hmm. and this is something I explore in detail in that chapter, yeah. is that PMDD, one of the hypotheses around it is that there, the rise of estrogen and then progesterone, there can be a genetic issue where that rise causes after ovulation causes, it's supposed to be a great time, but for those with PMDD, it's not. Mm. And so we, we have these genes and we have these genetic mutations, but even though we have these genetic genetic mutations they're not our destiny we can affect the way that our genes express ourselves and we can do that through the food that we eat Mm -hmm. our lifestyle so the way we move our body how we sleep um even things like the connections that we're making and cultivating with other people so just to go back to estrogen and progesterone yeah you want to have that get start to get that into balance. So you're making sure you're able to get rid of the estrogens that your body has used. And we do that through having regular bowel movements. So every day, mm-hmm. at least once a day, if not more, yeah. so that's lots of fiber, it's really supporting digestion, lots of greens, lots of vegetables with the peel on chewing your food really well, supporting, you know, that digestive process, not rushing, slowing down. And then you're also supporting progesterone. So you're making sure that when you ovulate, you're making enough progesterone um, so that that there's no imbalance there that can exacerbate those those PMDD symptoms. Um, so sub- sleep is one of the biggest ways that we can support, um, progesterone because we, we only release progesterone when we ovulate and in order to ovulate, our body needs to feel safe and sleep is the biggest, one of the biggest ways that we can help our body feel safe. Cause that's where we restore, we regenerate, yeah. um, and it's just really a time that a lot of us skimp on or take for granted. That's so true. And I love this because this is helping people. You know, if you're out there and you don't have a regular bowel movement, 
Denise is saying, maybe work on that. If your sleep is interrupted, how can you begin improving your sleep? What can you start doing to improve your sleep? Your bowel movement, get those fibers in. So that's why I love these are like little checkpoints. Like we can all check. So yay. So check your bowel movement. Thank you so much. And what I love also in your book is that you have it like kind of divided into the chapters, um, into our menstrual phases, right? Our inner seasons. And I'm a huge fan of the inner seasons. And I love that you did that. So how can we maybe do go into the luteal phase? How can we support the inner season of our luteal phase with maybe which nutrients or which kind of movements? What can we do in that phase? So I, I look at the luteal phase. So our inner autumn as a very misunderstood Mm. phase, we typically associate this with PMS and we hear people saying, Oh, I'm PMSing or it's my PMS time. And I think, you know, that, that really, it really overlooks the, some of the positives of this phase, Mm. because actually this phase we can break it into two parts. So you think about like autumn, our outer autumn. So it's September and early October where the, it's still bright. The, the got a, you've got a Christmas crispness in the air and there's still a lot of energy. And we replicate that internally because our estrogen levels are still like fairly high. Our progesterone levels are fairly high. And, you know, even if you have PMDD, you're not experiencing those symptoms a hundred percent of every single day. There's still some positives that you maybe can experience during this time. And then the second half of the cycle of this phase is akin to late October, November. Mm-hmm. So the nights start drawing in. And this is if you're living in a place in the world where you're experiencing all four seasons. So, mm-hmm. but if you're, if you don't, I'm sure you can kind of recognize what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is the time where you do start to slow down. But it's also like your body is getting you ready for the hibernation Mm -hmm. of menstruation. So there is an energy there. Your energy is a bit lower than it might be during right before ovulation, but it's still an energy there. And I think what's really interesting is this idea that we want to just kind of get stuff done. Um, But we also, our estrogen levels are declining and estrogen is this kind of, it's a feminizing hormone, but it's also this hormone of tolerance. And so you're at your kind of most frank during this time. And I think there's a lot of power in that where we can, we spend a lot of time apologizing for things we've done or things we've said. And this is the time we can just embrace this honesty that is just dying to come out. And when we wrap this time up into, oh, I'm just PMSing or, you know, I'm just a bit moody because I'm about to get my period we miss out on this really powerful opportunity to just kind of stand in our truth. So to go back to your original question about 
food and movement that we can add in. I think from a food perspective, you're really looking at how you can kind of support if you experience mood changes um, during right before your period or right after after ovulation. You're really looking at other foods that will help reduce this inflammation, but also help bring you onto a kind of even keel. So for example, omega-3s. So there's a lot of research that shows that omega-3, which is a fatty acid that we have to get through our foods, we don't make them ourselves, um, are really supportive for the health of our brain. And it's very, the omega-3s, they're very calming. So this can be, foods with omega-3s can be really great to add in anytime during your cycle, but especially after ovulation so you're talking about oily fish like um trout like sardines like anchovies salmon um haddock herring um if you're vegan you can get algae that's a good source of omega-3s awesome so those sort of things are really great to add in yeah you're also looking at um vitamin b6 so vitamin b6 there's a lot of research that shows that it can rebalance estrogen and progesterone Um, but we need vitamin b6 in order to help our gut make serotonin so there's everything i talk about and you'll see this a lot in the book there's a lot of crossover so it's not just like you're eating one food and will have one benefit. It's yeah. just overlapping. So with vitamin B6, you, it's like avocado is a really good, great source of that. Your leafy greens. So your kales, there's spinach, romaine lettuce, um, almonds, great source of B6. Um, so those are the food types, two groups of foods that you can add in during this time. Um, but I think what's really powerful is just listening to your body and not, um, just constantly apologizing during this time, allowing yourself to feel what you feel and not having to attribute every single emotion to being premenstrual because it's Mm. just, you can have emotions. You're allowed to have emotions. <laughs> yeah. You're so right. Oh, sticky note right there, y'all. I am allowed to have emotions. Thank you so much. Um, what I love also about, I mean, I love so much about your book that you have little movements that we can do everything in here. You also have recipes in here. You have a recipe in here for like a, a chewy peanut butter cookie that we can do for our luteal phase. I mean, that just sounds so delicious. So much goodness here. I think what I do want to bring up because you mentioned it earlier, and I know a lot of people in our PMDD community do have endometriosis. Could you just speak on that a little bit? bit and maybe your viewpoint on what we can do to help or support ourselves if we do have endo. Yeah. So 
Um, endometriosis is commonly thought of as a condition of hormone balance mm-hmm. um, and imbalance between estrogen and progesterone. But actually what we know now is that it's a condition of immune system dysfunction where you have this tissue that's made from cell- cells that are similar to those that are in that make up the lining of the uterus. Yeah. They're in different parts of our body. So they can be in our bowels, they can be in our lungs, they can be, um, you know, anywhere in the body. And they act as though they're going to shed similar to the endometrium. And, but these cells, they, this tissue, they, it has nowhere to go. So you get this really severe pain. You also get like adhesions where you get these scar tissue. And then sometimes you have bowel, like different organs can stick together. So the bowels can be fused together and that can cause even more pain. And so you have this condition, which is driven by these tissues that are in the wrong place, but then they get inflamed. So there is that word inflammation again. So really what you're looking at with endometriosis is how can you manage this inflammation? Because then the hormone side comes in because when you have an imbalance between estrogen and progesterone, that can increase inflammation. So that is one of the reasons why it's often thought as an issue of hormone imbalance, but it's what we know now is that it's an issue of immune system dysfunction. And so the question is, what can you do if you have endometriosis? Well, I think there's, there's a lot that you can do. Um, you have to look at this as a long-term condition. It's not, there's no cure at the moment for endometriosis, but you're looking at those areas that we've already talked about. So how do you manage and reduce inflammation? Mm -hmm. How do you rebalance estrogen and progesterone? How do you support your gut health? Mm -hmm. For some people, they they can have something called it's a laparoscopy where it's a keyhole surgery and they go in and they use this to diagnose endometriosis. Um, But then they can go in and they can kind of scrape out some of these adhesions and the scar tissue um, and plugs and kind of start, you get a fresh start. Mm -hmm. um, And that's an opportunity to control some of the inflammation. Yeah. But other people, they just, they, surgery is a big deal because there's side effects and there's risks with surgeries. Um, and they choose to manage it differently. But if you have endometriosis, there's a lot that you can do. You don't just have to live with the pain or the digestive discomfort um, and the, or the other symptoms that you're experiencing. Mm, thank you for, for sharing that. I think that was kind of, you know, a reframe of like this new way of seeing it. Thank you for sharing that because a lot of people come up to me and, and ask about that. So thank you so much. Last, my last question, because we're already a little bit over time. There's this thing that I have never heard about that you write about in your book. And I have to look at the word it's called 
xenoestrogens. Yeah. What are they and how do they affect us? What what is that? Yeah, so so there's so xeno or xenoestrogens. Yeah. They're just another no, name for synthetic estrogens. And so what these are are um, these are chemicals that um, we have in, we breathe in that are that are in our food. They're in like the clothes that we wear, the um, the furniture that we buy, and the our body absorbs them. So if you think about like some of the most powerful medication that you can take is like creams and patches that you put in your skin or things that you let absorb into your bloodstream. So if you take a spray on the inside of your cheek, it will go straight into your bloodstream. It's the same thing with everything else. So these synthetic chemicals, and you know, there were over 12,000, our body treats them like estrogen. And so if you're already dealing with an imbalance between estrogen and progesterone, I often do this because you have to think of them kind of like a a seesaw Uh where they go up and down depending on where you are in your menstrual cycle. But if you have this imbalance and you're kind of, you know, you're eating, you're eating foods that have been like put in the microwave in plastic and then you're using things like Febreze or Tide, or you're kind of, you've got one of those air fresheners in your car. Your body has to break down all of these chemicals and they treat them, the body treats them like synthetic forms of the hormones that we produce. And it gives a lot, puts a lot of pressure on the liver, which is one of the places where we break down these hormones and we call it the kind of toxic load and if you're on top of that you're constipated again it just takes this balance way out because when you're constipated these hormones that you've broken down through your gut and through your liver don't have anywhere to go so they get recycled back in the body and this can exacerbate any issues that you're already experiencing, whether it be PMDD symptoms, um, PMS symptoms, premenstrual syndrome, symptoms, um, period pain, heavy bleeding, you name it. So we really want to look at these areas. What I always say is that it isn't about going and just throwing everything out because we have to be sensible about this. It's just looking at, at, what can you replace? So mm-hmm. as soon as you finish your, um, your tide, you know, what's the alternative that you can bring in? What are different cleaning products? And I know, you know, that you've got things in the U S like branch basics, which is like a really great brand of like non-toxic cleaning products, yeah. um, your menstrual products. So if, are you using like, the kind of regular tampons, like Tampax that you get from the store, which are kind of bleached and sprayed, that's going to lead to issues. So look at all of these areas and just step by step, all of everything I've been saying, I don't ever want anyone to feel overwhelmed. It's about taking what resonates with you 
yeah. starting from there yeah. and then adding, <laughs> adding in step by step. So yeah. it feels really, really achievable. Beautiful. Thank you. Because you're bringing, you know, also awareness to this, like, oh, maybe now I won't buy myself a new air freshener for my car or, you know, I'll use an essential oil or something natural or I don't know, orange skins. Just bringing that awareness is already going to open so much. So thank you for that. I was really blown away by that. I was like, okay, this is good to know. And I just want to mention that this book is really I was telling Lenise before, this is something that we all need to have on our shelf because you can always go back to it. Everything is in here. I mean, there's like so much research and also your detailed knowledge about like our hormones and all these things that go on inside our body. It's just like mind blowing. And y'all can get this book anywhere. I'm going to put a link down here to some bookshops that are kind of more, you know, local and less Amazon, but you can also get it on Amazon and anywhere. So get it wherever you can just go and get it. Thank you, Lenise, for this book. And thank you for being here. Do you have any last words of hope or encouragement for our peeps with PMDD out there? Yes, I'd say for for any of you watching that has PMDD or wants to support someone with PMDD, there is hope. You know, you're not you're not going through this alone. There's a lot that can be done. Be gentle with yourself and continue to tap into this community, this fantastic community, because you are not alone. It can sometimes feel like that, but you are not alone. Mm, thank you. So beautiful. Well said, y'all. Get the book, rewatch this interview, take some notes because my notepad is full. Thank you, Lenise, for this wisdom, all this knowledge that we can actually turn into power with action. We can actually use all of this. Thank you so much. And thank you for taking time to write that book. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh, awesome. Will y'all go out there? Ah, oh, take this knowledge into your life. Oh, thanks a lot. Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's Charisma. If this expert interview inspired you or helped you in any way, please consider leaving a five-star review with your insights so other PMDD warriors like you can find these interviews and benefit from them too. You're awesome and thank you so much for being a part of this community. And remember, relief is possible. Okay, bye.